0: I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894. Straight to your phone, free, every day, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. When you set the standards that produce certain results, you start with yourself. Stayallday.com. Free's exceptional. Work on your game. and his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. Two questions I get asked the most. Number one, Dre, is there a way that I can talk to you on a regular basis for accountability, to make sure I'm staying consistent, and to get help with any challenges I may have ongoing? And number two, Dre, are you gonna write any more books? Answer to both of those questions are, yes and hell yes let me tell you how you can do both in one shot i want you to go to work on your game university.com where you have the option of getting my bulletproof bulletin which is my monthly magazine that i'm sending out every single month to everyone who is a member of my university where every month i'm writing new material that is fresh game for you to work on your personal growth and your business growth i'm going to send that Physically in your mailbox every single month. Again, that's called the Bulletproof Bulletin. That is for everybody who is a member of my university at gameuniversity.com. Now, you have another option while you're right there on that page. You can also join my mastermind. This is where you can talk to me on a regular basis. I mean, every single week, you're going to get a live training from me. I answer all questions, we handle all challenges, and hold each other accountable. That is inside of my Bulletproof Mastermind. It's the second level of my university, where, as I just said, every week I have a live Training where I'm going to teach on a subject that melds personal development and business development. Where we get straight to the point, no bullshit, no fluff, no filler material. I take the complex challenges that you're dealing with right now and I simplify them in a bite sized way, just like I do here on the show every single day. Now, you can get all the information and all the details about both of these programs and all the bonuses that I didn't even mention, because by the way, I took all the courses that I've ever created. I have a course on how to use your social media story for maximum impact. I have a course called Bulletproof Mindset 2.0. That is my deepest material on mental toughness, discipline, leadership, and communication skills. I have a course called People Skills on building rapport and leading other people, as well as leading yourself and how you can get your point across to others. I have a course called Content Machine about creating content that will help you lay the foundation for building your brand the same way that I've done, and that I can we do. I have a course called Toughen Up, one called Unapologetic, one called Sell Yourself. I have another course called 25 Hours, about time management and time control. I have a 30 Days of Discipline course, an ASAP Confidence course, and a bunch of other courses. I'm not even going to list them all because this audio clip will be too long if I list everything. All of those bonuses I'm throwing in for free. As you become a member of my university and of my mastermind, all the information, all your options, and you can get started right now by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com. Again, that is workonyourgameuniversity.com. If you A, want to know if I'm going to write anymore, yes, I am. I'm going to write. As a matter of fact, every month I'm going to send you a new copy of my magazine with fresh new material for you to keep your game focused, sharp, and on point. And B, you want to work with me directly, you want to be able to talk to me every week, get your questions answered, get your challenges handled, and network and build relationships and connect with a community of like-minded professionals who are serious about their game like you are, all of that happens in my Bulletproof Mastermind. All information, and you're going to get started by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com right now. You are now tuned in to the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and offensively and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work putting yourself out there even when the success you're expecting to achieve is yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get to use those personal initiative that is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. Then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is how to identify and eliminate the unacceptable. Now, before we get into explaining the topic, first, let me remind everybody or tell you for the first time to have a daily motivation text message that I send out every single day, free of charge to everyone who is in my texting community. If you would like to receive that text, all you got to do is text me at my number, which is 305-384-6894. Text me there and you'll be getting my daily motivation every single day for free, straight to your phone every morning. And you can respond to any one of those texts and you'll be engaging Directly with me. That number again is down below in the show notes. Now, today we're talking about identifying and eliminating the unacceptable. First, let's get a definition of what this word unacceptable means. It means not satisfactory or not allowable. Now, there are some sister episodes to this episode that go along with this topic of identifying things that are not satisfactory and not allowable, and then actually doing something about it. Because one thing to identify is another thing to actually do something. Episode 1331, topic is never lower the bar of your standards. Episode 2097, standards still matter. Episode 1974, standards, the enemy of mediocrity. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, they are listed down below in the show notes. Make sure you check those out. Now let's get into how you can identify things that are not okay, that are not allowable, not satisfactory, and remove them from your atmosphere. Point number one time again, how to identify and eliminate the unacceptable. You got to have standards in the first place. You see, you can't decide that something is unacceptable if you don't have a standard against which to measure it. See, I can say it is unacceptable for me to be, if I know that my, I'm an athlete, my playing weight is 180 pounds and I get on the scale and see I'm 190 pounds, I can say this is unacceptable because I'm 10 pounds over my normal playing weight. That makes it unacceptable. I have a standard in place. I'm going to be 180 pounds. In a sport like boxing or wrestling, for example, you actually have to. They call it making weight. You have to be a certain weight. And if you are over that weight, then you might be disqualified from the competition or you may be fined if we're talking professional sports. So let's say you're a boxer and the weight for the fight is 165 pounds. You have to weigh in at 165 pounds or less on a certain date, usually the day of or the day before the fight. And if you're over 165 pounds, you could either be fined a hefty amount from your purse, the amount of money you would get for the fight, or you could be disqualified completely because you couldn't make weight for being in that fight. What are they letting you know? They're letting you know that there is a standard. There has to be a standard in place in order for you to identify something as unacceptable. You can't call something unacceptable if there are no standards. When you work at a job, for example, if the job doesn't tell you what time you need to be at work or how certain things are supposed to be done, and then you show up at a certain time or you do things a certain way, nobody can get mad at you and nobody can hold you accountable for showing up late or showing up at the wrong time or doing things the wrong way if they never explain to you what the standard was in the first place. So you have to have standards in order to call anything unacceptable. No one's allowed to use that phrase unacceptable unless the standards have been made clear from the beginning. And I mean this not only in groups when you're dealing with other people, but also with yourself. If you tell yourself, hey, I'm overweight right now and this is kind of unacceptable, well, let's get clear. What is acceptable? How do we know when you've reached an acceptable level? It's not OK that you're 330 pounds. OK, at what point will it be OK? Is it 315? Is it 300? Is it 250? What number do you need to be at for things to be acceptable? We need to know what your standard is. Until we know the standard, then we can't know when something's off. So this is something that each of you who's listening need to take time to really think about this. What are your standards in whatever areas of your life? What is the tone that you want to set for your personal life, for your home life, for your business life? What do you want the people around you to do, think, or feel in and about those standards, in and about your life, in your home, in your business? What do you want happening there? When I was a child, my parents had us do chores. For those of you who don't know what chores are, and maybe some of you don't, it's basically little tasks that the children in a home would be assigned to do, such as washing the dishes or vacuuming the living room floor or dusting off the furniture or raking the leaves outside or something like that. Those are chores. And the chores, first of all, having chores alone was a standard that you had to actually do the chores in order to either A, receive an allowance, that's a good thing, or B, to avoid punishment. That would be the repercussion if you didn't follow those chores. But what it was was setting certain standards that these things need to be done Every Saturday, you got to do this, or every Tuesday, do this, or every day when you wake up, you got to make your bed. Whatever the standards were, but those standards were clearly established. So if and when anyone did not follow the standard or they did something that, that was not up to the standard, they could be held accountable simply because it was clear what the standard was. Everybody knew what it was supposed to be. I'll give you another example. When I worked at my first job out of college as Foot Locker, as an assistant manager, there was a kid who worked there named Brian. Now, at this time, this is my first job out of school, so I'm 22 years old. Brian was a little bit younger. He was probably maybe 19 or 20. Now, he wasn't a manager. He was just a regular hourly employee. And the main boss there, I was the assistant manager. The main boss manager was a guy named Keith. And Keith was, he was actually pretty strict. He was a guy who I wrote an article about this a long time ago. One of the things that he told me when he was grooming me to be a manager of the store was you got to be a dick with the employees. That's the actual word he used D I C K. Be a dick with the employees. Don't be nice to them. Don't try to be their friend because if you're nice to them, They're going to take advantage of you and they're going to walk all over you. He was adamant about that. He would say it over and over and over again. And in a way, he was right. Now, you don't have to look at yourself as being a dick, but it is part of what you have to do if you're going to be in a leadership position. At some point, you have to be able to let your people know that you are willing to be a dick just in case they think you won't, because just having that hammer that you might swing every now and then keeps everybody in line. I do believe that to be true. So Keith did say, be a dick. So I got to give him credit for that. But at the same time, there's another side to it that he never talked about, but that's fine. But in episode 723, I told you three things every leader must be. And guess what? One of those three things was. I didn't call it being a dick. I called it being an SOB, stands for son of a bitch, being a type of person that your staff is like, damn it. I wish that this mofo would stay from being on top of me and making me do this extra thing and make me do this the right way or making me do it all over again because I didn't do it right. If you're not that type of person and you don't have that in you, let's put it that way. This is a better way of saying it. If you don't have that in you, then the people on your staff will take advantage of your lack of disability and they won't do what they're supposed to do, at least not every time. Any of you who's ever led people, I don't care if you have one person on your staff, any of you who's ever been a parent, all right, you notice that if you don't have some SOB in you, then you will get walked all over by people simply because it's human nature. This is how it works. This is why you have to establish your standards. So anyway, this guy, Brian, that I'm talking about. As a staff member, he would sometimes show up to work a couple minutes late because he, like me, at least when I first started working there, would take public transportation to get to the job. And so if he was on the schedule to be at work at, let's say, two o'clock, the mall that we worked at, it was a mall called Granite Run Mall, which has been, it got demolished and then rebuilt since I worked there back in 2004. But the way that the bus would run, it would come like every hour from where we were coming from. So either you could you had to be at work at two o'clock. You either catch the bus that got there at one o'clock. So now you're at work an hour early or you could catch the bus to get you to work at two o'clock. But you're just getting off the bus at two o'clock. So by the time you walk from the bus stop into the mall to the store, you're actually is actually like 204, 205. So you're actually a few minutes late. So Keith had warned Brian like, hey, you need to start coming to work on time. You can't be walking in here at 2.04, 2.05. And Brian clearly hadn't had much discipline instilled in him in life. And he would respond by saying things, well, look, it's 2.04, it's only a couple minutes. Or he would respond by explaining the bus schedule. Well, the bus only gets here at 2 o'clock. And clearly there was not a simple answer to this. But Brian, again, didn't have the discipline to take the answer that would have had him early. And I already told you, early is on time, on time is late, and late is forgotten. I told you in episode 2071, why to always be on time. In episode 1412, I told you early's on time what time is late and late is forgotten. But this guy, Brian, clearly didn't understand that. And he ended up paying for it with his job because there was one day he showed up again at like 204. When he was supposed to be at work at two o'clock. And as soon as he walked in the store, Keith looked at him and said, you're fired. Give me your shirt. And he took that striped referee shirt from Brian and kicked him out of the store right there on the spot, firing him. The whole point was standards. Keith was establishing this is the standard. This is the time you come to work, not the time that you want to. I don't give a damn about the bus schedule. You could take an earlier bus if you want to. He didn't explain any of these things, but Brian already understood these things. So Keith didn't need to explain it. He was establishing the standards and everybody who worked there knew what happened to Brian. And as a matter of fact, I wasn't even there that day that this happened, but word got to me that it happened exactly how it happened. And what Keith was doing was letting everybody know, anyone else who doesn't want to come to work on time, I'll do the same thing to you that I did to him. And that was an effective action by Keith, even though he was kind of a dick himself. But he didn't lie about it. So I give him credit for that. So what is the tone that you're setting in your work, in your business? How do you want people to feel about it and about you? When you set the standards that produce certain results, you start with yourself. So what results do you want to produce? And are you holding yourself to those standards? If you want everybody to be in shape, you got to be in shape. If you want everybody to be on time, which means early in my book, then you got to be early. You have to be the most on-point and consistent person there following your own standards because everyone else is taking the cues from you. And keeping in mind, nobody's going to be better than you. When you're the main girl or main guy in your thing, nobody's going to do it better than you do it. Maybe once in a while you might come across somebody who's just exceptional. They're going to be better than you. But most people, especially when you're the person in charge and it's clear, they're only going to do things up to maybe up to your level. But most of the time they'll be about 80% as good as you, even when they're trying as hard as they can. So if someone's doing 80% as well as you, how good is that? So you got to use that as a measuring stick. This is the 80-20 principle. If you want everybody on time, you got to be early. If you want everybody early, you got to be earlier than early. So what is that standard that you're setting? And if everyone does 80% of that, where is that going to leave everybody? And is that good enough for you? If the answer is no, then you make an adjustment, which will cause them to make an adjustment. Point number two, today's topic, once again, is how to identify and eliminate the unacceptable. Accountability and repercussions for violations. I will just explain this. There was accountability and repercussions when Brian kept showing up late to work. There was accountability and repercussions when I, as a child, had chores to do or Saturday morning things that I need to do: raking leaves, shoveling snow, and cleaning the living room or dusting furniture. There was accountability. Like, did you do that? Let me check. And repercussions if it wasn't done or it wasn't done right. I remember when I worked at a movie theater? This was was this before or after? For, or this is before Philog. This is when I was in college. And at this particular movie theater that I worked at, the managers were terrible at both of these points of accountability and repercussions. There was no accountability happening. There were no repercussions whatsoever. That place was a damn zoo because people would come to work late. People wouldn't follow protocol. The actual movie theater was actually doing very brisk business because it was a newer venue. It was a standalone movie theater. It was near a mall. A whole lot of people were coming to that movie theater. They probably did a lot of business. That movie theater was probably making a profit, despite the fact that it was very poorly run. We had about five managers. It was such a big place. We had about five managers and none of them had any skills when it came to actually managing people. How they got the jobs, I don't know, but I hear that's how corporate works. That people kind of get promoted up to their ceiling of competence and then they just stay there until they quit or get fired. And that's pretty much how it was there. And it was five of them there at the same time. No accountability. I mean, that place was, it was a party. Going to work, when I worked at that movie theater, it was like going to recess at school. <laughs> we just had fun, played around, we're throwing food around, you no know, eating stuff and not putting it on our employee meals. They probably lost a lot more money, too, from stuff that just wasn't being done the right way. But again, the movies were playing. People were coming to the movies. They were spending a lot of money. Every customer who came to a concession stand is spending $30, $40 to get stuff. The drinks were like $3. The candy was like $8. The popcorn was $12. You know how movie theater prices are. So they were making money, but that place was very, very poorly run. No accountability, no repercussions. The managers never did anything about it. People would come to work late. They were not following any kind of protocol. We didn't know what the protocol was because nobody told us the protocol. Nobody was getting fired. For a very long time, so people just did whatever they wanted to do. As I said, working there was more like going to a playground than going to a job. And when that place was in—it started to get in bad shape from what I later heard when I stopped working there. And they finally got new management in there, got those bums out of there, and now it's a whole different business that runs that mm-hmm. venue is still there, but it's a whole different company that owns it because eventually that place wasn't going to last with the way it was being run. The whole point is the accountability and repercussions did not exist in that space give you another story. This is a story that I heard about Donald Trump. This is pre-politics Donald Trump when he was running his Trump hotels and casinos, that once he's walking around and he's doing like a walkthrough of one of his facilities and he has a couple staff people with him, He got a person with a clipboard following behind him and he's pointing out everything needs to be fixed. And he walks into one of the men's bathrooms and the bathroom is just trash. There's toilet paper on the floor, there's puddles on the floor, things leak in, it's all dirty and messy. It's just a nasty looking bathroom. And Donald Trump turns to one of the people with a clipboard and he says, get this fixed. And that person with the clipboard goes running off to go get it fixed or do whatever it is they're going to do. Maybe tell somebody else to go do it. So then Trump and his team, they keep walking around, looking at other places in the, the venue. About 10 minutes had gone by. So Donald Trump, he's supposed to be going in one direction, but he stops, wheels around. He goes back to that same bathroom that looked trashed about 10 minutes ago. He walks back into the bathroom. And it's still trashed. The person that he told to get it fixed has not yet gotten it fixed. Doesn't mean they're not going to do it, but they hadn't done it yet. So Donald Trump is looking in his bathroom. It's still trashed. still is terrible. He looks at another person with a clipboard and he says, Hey, I thought I told that person, whoever that was, to go get this fixed. And this person with the clipboard says, and they're kind of defending the person, their co-worker, and they says, Well, it's only been 10 minutes. And Donald Trump looks at that person and says, Well, listen, you got 10 minutes to go fire that person. And get this fixed. I'll be back in 11 minutes. And the whole point is this. And this is a really hard ass way of running things. It's a very strict way of running things, but I 100% agree with this way of running things. It's letting everybody know because I guarantee you this story got around to the rest of the staff. This is the way things go here. And when I say get something fixed, I don't mean on your time, I mean on my time. And if you're gonna be a boss in a business and you're gonna be working with humans, You better have some of this in you. I'm not saying you have to do it exactly like this, but if you don't have at least some of this in you, your staff will walk all over you. I got told that when I first started in management. I have noticed it since being a boss and having people work for me that if you're not an asshole, people will walk all over you. And any of you who works in any type of leadership or management position, I'm not saying you gotta be an asshole every day. I'm not saying you need to be an asshole as a human, but if you're not willing to be one, this kind of shit will take place. So, what Trump did there, was to let everybody know when I tell you to get something done, I don't mean when you get around to it. I mean right now, not now, but right now. I remember when I was in college, I had a coach who said we had practice at four o'clock, be on the court and ready to practice at three forty-five. Do not walk on the court at four o'clock. Don't walk on the court at three fifty-five. Walk on the court fifteen minutes before the scheduled practice time, the announced time, unless you had class. If you had class, then that is acceptable for you to come what was essentially late. But anybody else, you better be on a court at 345 or there's going to be a problem. One time all season, and everybody believed him when he said it. The way that he said it and the way he put that out there when he first told us, we all believed him because nobody came late to practice at all that whole season, except one day. One day, a whole bunch of people came late to practice. And there were repercussions that day. Let's just say that. We spent that whole practice just running. And any of you who's ever played basketball knows that a lot of running in practice is a punishment we just ran. We didn't do drills. We didn't work on plays. We didn't do any strategy. All we did was just drills, running, running, running that whole practice. We were basically the track team that day. And the coach was letting us know, all right, when I tell you, be here at a certain time, be here at a certain time. And let me tell you, nobody was late again the rest of that season. Point number three, today's topic, once again, is how to identify and eliminate the unacceptable. Number three, swift action on unacceptable practices. I just gave you a bunch of examples of this. I told you how Brian got fired on the spot when he showed up late one too many times. I told you how Trump told that person with the clipboard, go fire the person who I just told to do this job. And now you got 10 minutes to do the job. I told you how my college coach made us all run when everybody showed up late. When I was a kid, if I didn't follow protocol the way it was supposed to be followed, there were immediate repercussions, usually in the form of getting my ass kicked. That's how it worked. There needs to be swift action on unacceptable practices. If something is indeed unacceptable and you have identified it as unacceptable, the response to it should be immediate. Not, let me think about it for a couple of days. Not, let me get this person another chance. Not, maybe they didn't understand it. There needs to be an immediate response. No, think about it. Not next week. Not let it happen three or four times before you do something. Immediate response to anything that is unacceptable. And this is a good protocol that you can just follow for yourself. As a matter of fact, this doesn't even have to be with other people. This could be with you. As soon as you realize that something is not the way that it's supposed to be, there need to be immediate actions taken to fix the situation. I'll give you another example. Last summer, I had traveled to Europe and during my time traveling, even before my travel and a little bit after my travel, I took some time off from running. I like to run outside for cardiovascular exercise and I live in South Forest or so Weather's Nice uh, damn near year round. So I took like a month away from doing any cardio. When I was in Europe, I still went to the gym, but I would just I would lift weights. I wasn't doing cardio. I wasn't running on the treadmill, running outside, biking, none of that stuff. I was just lift weights during the time I was in Europe. So I was still working out, but not no cardio. So when I came home, of course, I wasn't in the same cardiovascular shape that I had been in before I left. And that first day that I came back, I tried to run my normal route that I run down here on it was a weekend. I remember I came back, it was either Saturday or Sunday. And I tried to do my run, which is about seven miles, and I could not complete the run. I only completed about half of the run. I did about three and a half miles, and I had to stop running. My legs were dead tired. I could feel cramps were coming on. If I tried to keep running, I would have started cramping up a lot, and I probably wouldn't have been able to walk home (laughs) because how far away I would have been from home. So I stopped about halfway through. My uh, wind was not good there, so I wasn't even going to be able to push through it. Even if my legs had felt fine, my wind wasn't feeling good. So this is just a bad combination and it was hot outside. I just wasn't going to be able to finish it. Now, I did stop running that day and I finished. I just walked home after my three and a half mile run that day. This was a five alarm emergency for me. I'm not saying it should be an emergency for you. I'm saying this was an emergency for me. This, my standard was I can easily finish a seven mile run. Just a month, two months before that, I just finished first place in my age group and in 10K was a six and a quarter miles, how I can't finish a seven mile run. It's not like I was even racing against the clock. This is a five alarm emergency for me. So what did I do? I immediately put plans in place so I could get back into my ideal cardiovascular shape as quickly as possible because it was unacceptable for me to not be able to run that distance at the pace that I wanted to run. I was not going to allow that to keep going. Whenever I read books on management, at least the good ones, they make it very clear. When your staff is not listening or following things the way they're supposed to be followed, you know what most good management books tell you to do? They say, find the person who is most egregiously not living up to the standards and fire them in front of everybody. Make sure everybody knows that you fired them because know what that does? That makes everybody in that staff know that, okay, anyone not upholding the standards can and will be fired. All right, this is not something that's going to be accepted. And all of a sudden, you know what happens? Everybody who still works there, they start following the standards really quickly. All of a sudden, they don't have a problem doing exactly what you told them to do. Why? Because they know there's repercussions. Human beings respond to incentives and repercussions. If you want people to do stuff, do not appeal to their mercy or to their gratitude. Robert Greene talks about this in the 48 Laws of Power. If you want to move someone to action, appeal to their self-interest. And you know what every human being is interested in? Incentives. Meaning, if I do this, I get this. What's in it for me? every human being responds to an incentive. And you know what else humans respond to? Repercussions. If I don't do this, this bad thing is going to happen. So you know what? I better do this. This is how the human brain works. And this is not limited to them, other people. I'm talking about you as well. Give yourself incentives if you want to move yourself to action. Give yourself repercussions if you want to move yourself to action. Either way, you need to have both in place to move yourself to action. You want to move yourself to action consistently you need to figure out what incentives move you and what repercussions will keep you off of your ass. Both of them. If you have both of these in place. Usually you will get done everything that you want to get done. And read my book, The Third Day, if you haven't already, and I'll tell you how to do this very easily in a way that is not only easy to implement, but also duplicatable, meaning you can do it over and over and over again, not just one time. All said, let's recap today's class. Which is: how to identify and eliminate the unacceptable. Definition of unacceptable is not satisfactory or allowable. Make sure you check those sister episodes listed below in the show notes as well. Point number one, have standards in the first place. You need to think about what your standards are going to be, the tone that you want to set in your life, in your home, in your business. I talked about this in the episodes on culture. Your personal and professional culture was in episode 1986. What is the culture that you want to have in your business, in your home, in your life? Your culture is reflected in your standards. If you don't have standards, then what are you expecting anybody, even yourself, to do? Point number two, accountability and repercussions for violations. A rule without a repercussion is just a suggestion. A rule without a repercussion is just a suggestion. When I worked at a movie theater, there were no rules. There were absolutely no repercussions. And the place became a damn zoo because not because of a bunch of bad people working there. It's because we didn't have any repercussions. There were no standards. So this is what happens. This is the law of entropy. Things will descend into chaos when there are no standards in place. This is the way things work. Donald Trump told his staff member, get this bathroom clean. 10 minutes later, it wasn't clean. He told somebody else, go fire the other guy and you got 10 minutes to clean it. Letting everybody know that there are certain standards and they get done my way, not your way. Point number three, swift action on unacceptable practices. If something is unacceptable. The response needs to be immediate. When I realized that I wasn't in my same cardiovascular shape anymore. After a month away, I immediately put some things in place to make sure I could get back into that shape as quickly as possible because it was against my standards to not be able to do it. Any kind of management book that you read will make it clear. When your staff is not listening, fire somebody, make sure everybody knows you fired them. And all of a sudden, everybody falls in line real quick. This is magical how that happens. All that said, send me a text. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone every single day. My number is 305-384-6894. And when you are ready to put your standards in place when it comes to your personal growth, when it comes to your business strategy, and then executing on them so you get some actual results, not just rules, but actual results because of the rules, join me at Work on Your Game University, where you can work with me directly in groups or one-on-one. That link is workonyourgameuniversity.com. Again, work on your Work on your game. Dre all dead.